And to add to it, this ridiculous voice that he's putting on for yeah, these guards. Yeah. yeah, you know, this is why I am 100% sure he insisted he wanted to do this. <laughs> you have to be a certain level of nerd and he's got his card. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of voice work you do when you're playing pretend at home. You mean the way he does that I'm certain of when he probably asked the uh, Thor the Dark World costume designer to scrape the American flag off of that Captain America costume and put the Union Jack on so he could play Captain Britain in his house? Yeah, yeah. Pretty <laughs> sure that's the voice. Welcome to the Marvelous Madam's Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. So, last week I mentioned that, for me, as somebody who was unwillingly raised Catholic, the TVA is very reminiscent of the Catholic Church, the Vatican, in the way it's structured. Mm -hmm. And up until yesterday, I've always felt Catholicism, all of it is such nonsense. I have nothing to do with it as an adult. But uh, after uh, episode three of Loki this week, I'm starting to think maybe there might be something to this immaculate conception business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you needed several cold showers, didn't you? I did indeed. Mm -hmm. Ice pack. Throw that in there. Right. Yeah. The man is a god. That's all I will say. (sighs) You know, yesterday, we generally do this after we both have watched the episodes written down our notes. We tend to have a call and just a little catch up of (laughs) start of the week and anything important. (laughs) Yeah. So she called me. And before I could say hi, she started and she wouldn't stop. And finally, after I finished listening to her for about 10 or so minutes, I asked her one question. What did you call me for? And she couldn't remember. I still can't. <laughs> and it has been about 28 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such is the such is the power of Mr. Hiddleston. <sighs> but it is important to note he was not the only thing in this episode that was visually stunning. Yes, the visuals were fantastic. CGI top notch. Seriously, I wish we could have watched this in a theater. Yeah, it would have looked good in a theater. Who knows? One day maybe we can actually see the whole show in the theater. Maybe Marvel releases it. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, like a two-parter or something. Or just have private screenings. Now you're getting greedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I would would prefer to see the other shows, you know? For other reasons. (laughs) Especially WandaVision. (laughs) The last episode. Definitely. We got it. We got it. Yeah. (laughs) You're not as subtle as you think you are. I know. (laughs) 
hey, it's Pride Month. I'm not being subtle. And especially after this episode. Fuck no. Though this episode was very different from the first two, it was great. Nonetheless, we've gotten so many more questions, some character development, some fishy circumstances that we will get into. I'm loving the mystery. I have no idea where this ride is going or where it will end up. Yeah, it was certainly the shortest episode. It was rather surprising. Yes, I was on my treadmill with my headphones on watching this at 3.30 in the morning and it gets to the end and the credits roll and I'm literally on my treadmill walking like a two-year-old go, why no more? Where'd it go? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wait, hold on. Did my internet get cut out or something? What happened? They're killing us in the best way, but they're killing us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Killing us softly with those songs. (laughs) Somebody took a time twister back to 1992 this week. It's not a time twister. It's a tempad. Oh, I'm sorry. My brain, it's not working. (laughs) Just bear with me today. There's too many T's. I'm going to start saying timey-wimey-wibbly-wobbly and I've never even watched Doctor Who. Yes! Success! Can't do it. (laughs) Too much. Now all I need to do is make you say time lords, not timekeepers. You know, if you could just get me to stop saying Sophie when I mean Sylvie, that would be great. That is an impossible task. I've been doing that for the last 24 hours. You know what, Sofia DiMartino? Just change your fucking name. Can we do that? Because that's what's getting me. I keep wanting to call Sylvie Sophie, and I keep wanting to call Sophia Sylvia. It's making me nuts. Sure, Karen. So we have Sylvie and her best friend, Hunter C20, just chilling, having some margaritas. Yeah, those drinks looked good. I could go for a couple of drinks right now. And that music, yeah, I'm good. You just want to be at that very particular table, I think. I will neither confirm nor deny. Uh Uh-huh. As if I'm the only one who needed a cold shower. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And there is a very interesting song playing over things as well. Yes, we have Demons by Hayley Kiyoko. First off, fantastic song. Secondly... Listen to the lyrics. Yes. Demons in the head. Something in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Demons in my oh head. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? What if, what if they give the TVA agents the blue hydra soap? That's Phil Coulson's in. It's going to uh-huh. come and flood that soap. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You were saying. And not only demons in my head, but they also said they fill my head with lies till I die. Yep. And I think uh, the whole brain freeze thing here is interesting. It's making me think, what exactly do they do to these poor people's brains? What is this wiping procedure? Because that's definitely what's happening. Yeah, I don't know if it's wiping so much as suppressing. Because what Sophie, you're making me do it now. (laughs) because what Sylvie said was that it was cloudy and she had to go hundreds of years back 
Okay, so suppressed would be more likely, unless they wipe and like miss a few spots here and there, that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm, I'd go with suppression too. Maybe, but and also based on the theory that okay, I'm starting with my theories already. I can't help it. So my theory is that yes, they're suppressing their memories, and what Hunter C twenty was saying was that it's real was basically that she probably was having dreams about her life as a human before she was a variant. And that is what's real. And those dreams are actually memories. Yeah, because as we will find out at the end of the episode, all the TVA, at least all the hunters and analysts, the lower level people are all variants. Sylvie didn't say the lower level people. She just said all the people. I have things to say about Ms. Renslayer. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's a variant too who's been mind-fucked with. We'll get there. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. But this tells us Mobius, somewhere in his mind, remembers enjoying his life on a jet ski. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's an Owen Wilson variant. <laughs> if that is the case... We must find his matching Vince Vaughn variant. True, but wouldn't that be a wow moment? I think it would. Yeah, indeed it would. I'm I'm curious to know how he would react once he finds out he's a variant. I have some things to say about that too. We'll get to that later on. Okay. Now, the other thing I want to mention about this cold open is that ring Sylvie has on. It's on her middle finger of her left hand. It's pretty big. And it's gold. Mm -hmm. And I can't quite make out what it looks like. I'll have to go back and take a look. But I'm wondering what that ring might symbolize for her. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Oh, I'm excited. A role reversal. Indeed. I am curious, though, about her horns or horn. Horn. Yeah, she's missing one by the end. Not by the end, since the previous episode. Oh, has she? Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, it was it was broken when we saw her last week, as well as this week, which obviously it's the same crown. It's a crown? Um, I'm not quite sure what to call it. Crown, tiara, headdress? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I find that very fascinating. So she doesn't want to be called a Loki which is understandable. I have a theory for that. We will get to that in a bit. Yet she still dresses up as a Loki. But the horns are much smaller and it's broken. I feel like there's some symbolism to this. Yes. Even though she doesn't want to be associated as a Loki, she still is accepting that part of her, but not 100%. Hence the smaller horns and i feel like the one broken horn kind of symbolizes a harder life like she's not pristine yes that's a good point in terms of the costume design and we're going to see a number of hints throughout the more than hints really throughout the app where we understand clearly that she's had a hard life she did not have the privileged upbringing that loki did yes So we see all of this is happening at the rocks cart right before Loki and Mobius arrive there with the rest of the team. And the whole point of this for Sylvie is to find out not only how to get to the timekeepers, but how many people are guarding them. 
And I think yes. this is interesting too. Why does she care so much about how many people are guarding the timekeepers when she's clearly fine taking care of herself? She's fine going one against four. Well, it's a tactical advantage. I mean, one against four versus one against 40 is very different. I guess. And also it's a tactical advantage for her to know as much information as possible. So she does get the location of the timekeepers out of C20. Got to go up those golden elevators. Mm-hmm. That's not pretentious at all. Oh, no. Not the least. So we pick up now right where we left off last week. Sophie heads through the time door. And were you surprised that she went straight to the TVA? I was, yeah. I was not expecting her to do that. Yeah, that's the last place I expected her to go. Yeah, but in hindsight, it makes perfect sense. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's evacuating and scrambling. So, yep, you're right. Yeah, because because of all the Nexus events happening, all the hunters are running away to go take care of those events and everyone is distracted. And the TVA is in lockdown. It's in frenzy. So in the midst of this chaos, it makes perfect sense for her to go in and attack the time boards because, you know, everyone's running Helter Skelter. Yeah, she really is quite the tactician. Mm -hmm. So I love this filter that they use that makes the TVA look all hazy. This particular scene, especially with the elevators right there, it made me think of The Shining. Like, this was total Overlook Hotel vibes, even with the color scheme, too. Mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Just glad the hallway didn't fill with blood. That was nice. Yeah, true. But then this is, you know, Disney. So we understand very quickly that Sophie can take care... Damn it! Sylvie can take care of herself <laughs> just fine. Okay, I think we need a drinking game. <laughs> it is time for this episode. <laughs> Every time you say Time Lords and I say Sophie, there you go. Yep. We are not. We are not responsible for hospital admissions. Yes, alcohol poisoning is not our responsibility. Take shots of water. Stay hydrated. <laughs> So this first fight sequence is fantastic. Yeah, it is. She is fucking badass. Up on the wall like Spider-Girl? Amazing. Yeah. And she is just pruning these Minutemen with their own weapons. But now on second watch, I'm, I'm sad. I feel bad for them. They know not what they do. <laughs> well, is it better to live brainwashed? And doing some fascist spitting or to die not knowing you were a monster. You know what? This is philosophical and existential enough. I don't need your crap. No. Okay. I guess I shall take my shot of water. <laughs> so while she is fending off these Minutemen, Loki also stumbles through the time door and those eyes flick right over. I knew they would eventually. Yeah, he's a bit disoriented for a second. Like, the fuck? I got out of here and I came back here? Yeah. As he's as confused as we are at this point. Yeah. But, of course, Loki being Loki, he gets his daggers. And these two have their first real confrontation here in the hallway. Yeah. 
And Loki really doesn't understand what's going on. No, he, he, he very much misunderstands the situation. You know, he certainly is a strong mind because it, it's as good as cracking open a walnut. I agree. Yeah. He doesn't get it. Yeah. Sylvie gets through to him very quickly. Yeah, I'm not your bargaining chip, bud. <laughs> I think the knife to his throat had something to do with that. Yeah. So she kicked his ass. I was very happy about that. <laughs> he wasn't ready for her. No, he wasn't. And then uh, fucking Dolores Umbridge over here shows up. She looked fantastic. I liked it the way she came in with all like power. She did. And Slayer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was quite an entrance. Yeah, and this was a scene we saw in the trailer. Obviously, yes. we had no context for it. The more I see this woman, the more I hate her. She has got to go. She didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem to do a whole lot in that big office of hers, does she? Well, they're not seeing her doing the actual paperwork. No, she's too busy making herself feel important with all her little serial killer trophies. <laughs> Yeah, you don't come to think of it. Yeah, that is kind of serial killer trophy-ish. But I don't know. I have a bit of a soft spot for her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I think it's because you care about other certain soft spots on her. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> I have given no indication whatsoever of anything. I heard it in your voice. Oh, come on. You're projecting. You just want me to be at the level you are. You have a thing for commanding women and you know it. As if her and Ada wouldn't get along just fine. Oh, they'd murder each other. I'd watch, but they'd murder each other. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know what I was thinking here? Of course, I'm not surprised at all that Renslayer's like, go ahead and kill him. What do I care? Yeah. She clearly knows at this point, they're not in cahoots. Loki didn't cause this. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, that bitch is going to lie to Mobius about what happened. But how does it matter if she lies or she doesn't lie to Mobius? She's the one in charge. (laughs) Because I want Mobius to know that Loki didn't betray him. It's weighing upon me. I am pretty sure that Loki will make sure that he tells Mobius exactly what happened. The way he wants to say it. That is true. And they are also omnipresent, right? They had an entire movie of Loki's life. Who knows? Maybe there's another secret recording of everything going on. That is true. That's a good point. And how much power does Renslayer have over it? I don't think she has any power on the recordings. She's just in charge of the case once they become variants. Well, we'll see how much she knows. Yeah, true. Because I certainly don't think she's the big bad of any kind. I think she's protecting them either knowingly, unknowingly. I'm not so sure that she is a variant, that she was a real person. We'll see. I think she's part underling, part scapegoat, part puffed up fascist. We'll have to wait and see. One, those are all contradictory. Two, I think she's a variant. I think she's a Ravona variant. But we'll see. So realizing more than anyone else that the shit's about to go down, Loki grabs the temp pad 
out of Sylvie's pocket and gets them through what was like a pre-programmed place that she had on there. Yeah, if he wouldn't do that, uh, Sylvie would have either slit his throat or Rensselaer would have pruned him. Yeah, so even though they don't end up in the best place, still the best (laughs) option. Yeah, true. And where they do end up is a little out-of-the-way vacation spot called Lamentis One, year 2077. Yes, indeed. Wonderful dark sands. Yes, just lovely. And I don't think the name is an accident here, as Loki will be lamenting his mother during this episode. Okay. So they're trying to dodge some planetary destruction here, because, oops, the world's about to end. Yes. But, easy peasy, all they need to do is open another door. Yeah, but beat the shit out of each other first. Man, this was rough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the way she whacked him in his head into that thing. (laughs) Ouch. And Sylvie lets us know here again, don't call me Loki. Have I made myself clear? Clearly she hasn't, because he still does it. No, no, she has. She's being quite clear. It's just not sinking in through that walnut you mentioned earlier. (laughs) Yeah. I think part of it is his ego and thinking, why wouldn't you want to be one of us? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's all about him. That's clearly the thing we see over here. So unfortunately, the temp pad is uh, low juice, as Miss Minute tells us. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that one. She makes me nervous. Miss Minutes? Yeah, absolutely. I think she's the one who's playing the game that Miss Minutes is more in charge than we think she is. So you think she's AI in that regard? Like she's some kind of sentient AI or she's a front for somebody else? A bit of both. Really? (laughs) The moment I said it, I knew it. (laughs) Beef. Okay, it was not intentional, okay? But yes, I think she is AI, and I think that someone is using her as a front, and all the communication with the timekeepers is happening through Miss Minutes, and once we get past that facade, we will realize that the timekeepers are a bunch of shits, and they're underwear sitting and doing nothing. (laughs) So, yeah, Sylvie and Loki realize pretty quickly that they're in deep shit. And this raises some questions. There is a lot of fishiness in this episode. So, we're going to be bouncing around here. Sylvie clearly knows about all of these apocalyptic events. She has to. This has been her mission. She has to know how everything ends and all these events go. Yeah, because she's been hiding in all these places. Exactly. So she has to know how all this plays out. And at the end of the episode, just like here, she'll tell Loki why the arc didn't work. What happened? It got destroyed. And she's telling him here how things all end. But magically, in a few minutes, when they go see that lady, uh, that kind of awesome lady in the trailer, she doesn't know about the arc. Yeah. So I noticed that when that lady badass lady, by the way, told these people about the Ark, they looked at each other like they had no clue. Now, Loki, not having an idea, understandable. Sylvie should have. 
Yeah. And later on, towards the end, when Loki asks her about getting to the Ark directly by passing the train, she tells him that the Ark never left. It was destroyed. How did she know that the Ark was destroyed when not a while ago she had no idea about the Ark? Yeah. Yeah. Just a number of things that don't add up. So all of those combined, plus the fact that these writers are brilliant and don't miss a trick. Something funny is happening. Mm-hmm. So we get another great ac- action sequence here of running through this destruction. There's a lot of running for these two for yeah, a while yeah. on that yeah. set. True. And walking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please enchant me so you could walk for me. You lazy bastard. <laughs> walk your own ass. Yeah, that's his privilege talking, clearly. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, it is. Yes, yeah, so they play dodgeball with all the various <laughs> asteroids falling. And that's a very dangerous game of dodgeball. <laughs> hey, dodgeball really hurts, okay? And they reach this mining shack. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> this is my favorite sequence. Of this episode, I think. I keep going back and forth on which is my favorite part, but right now it's this. Loki hiding the tempad with his magic after she's, you know, unable to to get into his head. Where do you have it hidden? In my heart. Well, then I'll cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so petty. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. These two are absolutely fantastic together. Yeah. Now, I have a question. Yes. Sylvie says that she needs some kind of physical contact to enchant the person, which is fair. We saw that happening with Hunter C20. But if you notice, with Hunter C20, she was touching her temple. And even Mm -hmm. at the TVA, when she was trying to enchant that dude, that other hunter, which didn't work, again, she tried to touch his temple. Why is she going with both hands? on Loki. And why did Loki let her do that in the first place? Why did he let her touch her in that way, considering they were at each other's throats not a few minutes ago? Well, I think that's partly ego too. He thinks he can take her. Okay. I think he, I think he's mistaken if that is the case. <laughs> yeah, she could have just need his face right then. <laughs> Bye-bye Tom Hiddleston's career. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe she wanted him to think that she was going to kiss him or something. And that's why she was trying to trick him because she's got quite the ego on her, too. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a very intimate gesture. It was weird, which is why. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So through this great banter, we find out that Sylvie has had this plan years in the making. And that has me wondering. What came before this? This is obviously like the final portion of her plan. So what came before all of this? What foundation was she laying? How much influence has she had in in different events and whatnot? Like what, what has she been doing to prepare all of this? You know what? I had a fantastic theory and I am fucking pissed at Marvel right now. Yes, Amy had her parade rained on this morning. 
Yes. They could not wait another hour or two before they put that <laughs> clip out. How dare they not consider your schedule? Yeah. So my theory, okay, well, uh, part of my theory turned out to be right. And I'm fucking pissed about it. That's which is ridiculous because nobody's going to believe me. But anyways, <laughs> that was part of my theory. And I'm going to get into the rest of my theory as well now. Share. <clears throat> I'm preparing myself. Hold on. It's a big one. <laughs> okay. So. Many of you might have seen the featurette by now where we see one shot of young Sylvie coming into the TVA. So my theory was that that she was caught as a kid by the TVA and they probably tried to mind suppress her or she grew up in the TVA for a couple of months or years or something like that and she managed to escape. This is pre-magic Sylvie probably going by Loki at that time. I think it makes sense because that would explain how she knows as much as she does about the TVA. Yeah. Maybe they did try to recruit her to work for them and the mind wipe didn't work because she's a Loki, she's a strong mind and hence her enchantment also didn't work with our Loki. Right. So once she escaped... She wasn't able to go back to her life because the TVA was hunting for her. And that's why she's had to hide in all these apocalypses. She probably, she found this hole in their security and exploited it rather than tell them about it. And she learned to use magic, but never realized that magic doesn't work at the TVA because it just wouldn't come up. It's not a normal thing for non-magical people to try magic in a non-magical place. Right. And I feel like that featurette also confirmed a little something I was thinking. Which is? That I don't think Sylvie can shapeshift. One, because she does the enchantment on people. But also, two, young Sylvie had very dark hair. Mm -hmm. Blonde hair often gets darker as one ages. But darker hair never turns blonde. So I was thinking that she dyes her hair blonde to look even less like a Loki variant. Yeah, which makes sense. And that also yeah. makes a lot of sense for her to change her name. Because at least this is what I'm thinking about her is that she doesn't want to be defined as a Loki. Like her whole yeah. life has been defined as a variant. Yeah. And I think that lends even more credence to her really like spending a lot of time in the TVA as a kid. Yeah. That's probably the reason why she wants to destroy the TVA. Because she wants her own life back. She wants to be herself. It doesn't matter whether she's a variant or not. Right. You know, I have a feeling next episode we're going to be talking about cults again. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. So I want this on record that I had this theory bef before Marvel put it out. She did. I can attest to that. Thank you. Okay. If I give you a little pat on the head, you good? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So Loki and Sylvie can't stay in that little shack forever. It's time to hit the pavement. And you know what? Just because I have to work with you doesn't mean I want to hear your voice. So just shut up. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like he ever learns, does he? No. Men, I tell you. Not the only time I said that in this episode. <laughs> and we have Sylvie reinforcing again that she is not Loki. There are so many different ways they tell us in the show. 
these two people, regardless of what DNA or temporal or any of that says or what the TVA says, these are two different people. Yeah, absolutely. But they both are very snippy. Oh, yeah. There are certain similarities. Oh, there certainly are. They are mirrors in some ways. And, you know, the whole nature nurture debate, but they are, Mm -hmm. we're going to understand that they had very different upbringings. And we only have Sylvie's word for everything. Let's keep that in mind, too. I love her. I do. I desperately want to trust her, but I'm scared. Well, that goes for Loki as well, right? At any point, we only have his word. Well, outside of what we already know from the MCU. True. And, you know, I think she does have a great deal more self-awareness, at least, of herself than Loki does. She tells him bluntly, you don't know what you are. And she is right. Yeah, with regards to what he says of being a consultant for the TVA, 100%, he has no clue. And he's obviously bluffing. He's not a consultant. He's a prisoner. A useful one, but that's it. And he knows the minute they go back there, he's getting pruned on sight. Yep. As long as Renslayer has anything to say about it. Frankly, after the chaos, I wouldn't be surprised if Mobius was thinking about it too. Question is, would he give Loki a chance to explain before he pruned him? True. And, you know, this makes me wonder too, the timekeepers so closely monitoring the case, if they do in fact exist, Is it because they know exactly what and how much Sylvie knows about the TVA? She's a liability for them. Yeah, yeah. They probably were looking for her since the time she disappeared for those those many years before she resurfaced and started taking the hunters down. And, you know, you mentioned her armor earlier. It's really weird to see... Loki in regular people clothes walking with someone in the Asgardian type armor. Yeah, but hers is duller and a little more worn. Yes, that too. Her costume design overall is excellent. Yeah, it's fantastic. They are going to have to recognize their similarities and differences fully if this partnership has any chance of working. Yeah, well... Provided they survive and get off this moon. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a problem at the moment. Yep. Yeah. So 12 hours to planetary destruction. No big deal. Everything's abandoned. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, both of them are still scheming, trying to get the upper hand on each other. And they come to this door. And as soon as Sylvie gets zapped here by the wo- this woman with a fucking cannon, Jesus. <laughs> All I could think was, we don't call 911 on Lament is One. Well, to be fair, there is no 911 left, right? So for those who are fortunate enough to not live in Texas, quite often you can walk around and see these little stickers on people's homes uh, or people's cars. Or one of these days, I swear, I'm going to see it tattooed on a baby. Is <laughs> we don't call 911, meaning... We're just going to shoot you if you step a toe on our property. So that's what was in my mind. I don't have a countdown till when I'm moving. No, I'm almost there. The finish line is in sight. Yes, yes. Soon enough. So, yeah, but the brute force doesn't work. Oh, let's try some diplomacy and guile. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, the guile works if you don't announce yourself beforehand. <laughs> in my living room screaming at the tv she just heard you 
And sometimes not saying anything as a man is good. Yes. Now, here's the thing. This notion is going to be reinforced later in a much sadder way. But this scene alone tells you that Loki has never been in a serious romantic relationship with anyone. To just assume how this guy would speak to his wife. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't even need the apocalypse to be happening. If my husband just walked in the door coming home from a normal day at work with a bouquet of flowers and said, Hi, honey, how was your day today? At the first possible moment I could get away, I'd get on the phone, call the FBI and be like, I've got a face off situation. See, my reaction would be different. I'd say, what did you do? And how badly (laughs) did you fuck up? It very much depends on the relationship. True. So because this woman's husband was apparently an asshole, (laughs) Loki gets knocked on his ass. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved Sylvie's reaction to it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Just don't. (laughs) And it's just all these great ways of showing that Loki and Sylvie are very much evenly matched in Mm -hmm. intelligence and powers while still showing their differences. It's brilliantly well executed. Yeah, and sometimes they're both equally dumbasses. Yes. So this woman lets them know the planet's being evacuated. If you want to get out of here, you have to get to the Ark. Right. So they start making their way to the train station. This was something. This turned into an episode of the Smurfs real fast. But did you notice the type of people that were being allowed on versus the people that weren't? Sure did. I've seen Titanic. Uh Uh-huh. We got the Poe folk who aren't going to be getting on that train. And, of course, the rich, well-dressed people boarding, just like the lifeboats. Right. And the, the dressing style of these people, the rich people, reminded me a lot of the Hunger Games costumes in the movies. Mm. Sylvie has her own ideas about how they're going to get on board this train, but Loki decides, we're doing this one my way. Yeah, I have a feeling Tom Hiddleston had something to do with this because he looked so happy to be in that ridiculous costume. (laughs) He really did. I wonder if he, like, told the costume team, okay, everybody submit a sketch. Let's pick the most ridiculous one you guys can come up with. I don't know, but all I know is I think he must have said, you know what, we're not using another actor to, as, you know, like a, a body double <laughs> for this. I want to wear this. I want to do this. <laughs> I can see that. This really is can. the Smurfs meets Daft Punk. <laughs> How do I look? Like someone with a shit plan. Yep. Yeah, and you look straight out of a cartoon. (laughs) Like, I think I saw this on the Jetsons. That makes sense. But yeah, he looked so ridiculous. It was kind of endearing in a way. It was. (laughs) Sylvie's got no problem telling him so. Yeah, yeah. I would have told him that too. I don't know how she kept a straight face. He just looked so stupid. (laughs) And to add to it, this ridiculous voice that he's putting on for these cards. Yeah, Yeah, you know, 
this is why I am 100% sure he insisted he wanted to do this. <laughs> you have to be a certain level of nerd and he's got his card. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of voice work you do when you're playing pretend at home. <laughs> you mean the way he does that I'm certain of when he probably asked the uh, Thor the Dark World costume designer to scrape the American flag off of that Captain America costume and put the Union Jack on so he could play Captain Britain in his house? Yeah, yeah. Pretty <laughs> sure that's the voice. <laughs> I would bet everything on it. Yes, I'm with you. So it is a team effort in the end because they need Sylvie's enchantment for the guard too because shocking, Loki isn't charming enough to worm his way onto this ship as a guard. You know, this looks more ridiculous than the mocap suits people put on. <laughs> yes, it does. That's saying something. <laughs> yes. So not to be outdone, Sylvie's just got one zinger after another when it comes to this writing. I love her plan versus doing a thing here yeah yeah she's got plenty of ego on her yeah of course and now we take a little interlude because these two have just been through some shit together and they've got some stuff to talk about for sure yeah so they are enjoying their train ride yeah and this was very reminiscent of the break scene in episode two between Loki and Mobius, when they started talking about the jet ski. Yep, true. This heartfelt, vulnerable, like, honest conversation. At least on Loki's end. Mm-hmm. And there's also a certain amount of grudging respect as well. On Loki's end? Both of them. Okay. Is that's her whole, you know, the whole plan versus just doing a thing. That's her downplaying his skill. You know, they do right. it to each other at various points. Yeah, true. But yeah, there's a grudging respect and there's a bond. They know it. How can there not be? Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is the kind of conversation either of them have had much in their lives. Yeah, they are being honest with each other because there is a certain amount of I know them because they're me in a cognitive way. Yeah. But it also raises some questions because how does this whole variant thing work? Should they have had the same parents? Should their stories be super similar? Because, too, Sylvie has an interesting expression on her face when Loki says they didn't tell him about his adoption. I saw, I felt like some gears were turning in her head here. Yeah, she seemed surprised. Yeah, Sofia DiMartino played this perfectly. Yeah, she did. She's she's playing Sylvie very in a very guarded way. And I think she's done a fantastic job so far. We are certainly captivated by her, but we don't know if we can trust her. We want to trust her. I agree. And for Loki's part, one thing that's always been true, the one thing he's always honest about is his love for his mother. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that gave me the feels. Yeah, that's the point where he finally opened up. Yeah. And you can't deny that when he speaks about his mother, there's a certain amount of yearning on Sylvie's face as well. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much truth there is to this. How much truth is she telling about not remembering her mother now that we've seen 
young Sylvie, it's definitely more plausible than I would have said yesterday that she's telling the truth here. Yeah, that's why I think she said that it's just flashes of dreams because Mm -hmm. they have fucked with her memory. Yeah. And I mean, age will do that, too. We have no idea how old Sylvie is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can speak from experience over there. Like I lost my dad when I was pretty young and I still have memories of him, but it gets a bit fuzzy over the years. Yeah. And this whole sequence, it was very touching. And I think Loki's finally starting to believe what Frigga always believed, that he could be more, that he could do anything. That if there's one thing in this world he can trust, it's his mother's belief in him. Oh, I don't think he ever doubted that he could do anything. Oh, I think he did. I think he absolutely did. He wouldn't be so insecure otherwise. I think he pigeonholed himself without even understanding he was doing so. Yeah, so that's the, that's the narcissist psychology. They are insecure themselves, but they never want to show it. And it's all bluster. They feel like they deserve everything that they want. Well, he's also got more self-awareness than he lets on. We saw that in episode one. It's not like that was hiding under the surface, that revelation about himself, and he wasn't aware. He knew. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of admitting it out loud, accepting it. Right. And to add to the incredible effects of this episode, I they got me to like fireworks for a minute, Amy. Yeah, they were beautiful. That's a miracle because I fucking hate them. <laughs> but yeah, this was really cool. Yeah, it was. And you know the effect of it that they did? Yes, it looked absolutely beautiful in Loki's hand. But at the same time, the reflection is also seen in Sylvie's eyes. Mm-hmm. Fantastically done. Yeah. It was beautiful. So we find out, too, that Sylvie had to teach herself enchantment. I think Sylvie had to teach herself an awful lot. She yeah. has been on her own most of her life. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, they're both still very wary of each other here, too understanding that there's still some underlying scheming going on because they are who they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, out comes the champagne. Right. Sylvie hmm. doesn't drink. No. But Loki does. Yeah, he's more than happy to knock hers back, too. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it has been a rough couple of weeks for him. Yeah, we have no idea how much time has passed. Yeah, but let's even say it's just been a week with Avengers beating his ass, being Hulk smashed, and then Mobius kind of emotionally kicking his ass, and everything else that happened after that. I think he deserves a drink or two. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I won't fault him for that. And I love this moment too. Love is hate. He pulls out the, the giant quail. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one you just know. He's like, I want a quill. <laughs> a pen shall not suffice. That is on the same level as what is grief, if not love persevering. <laughs> I just love it. He can't not be dramatic. Yeah. And then 
what broke the internet, Amy? A bit of both. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. I like the way they did this. It was very simple and quick. And they didn't make this into some sort of cliched, big reveal. You know? Yes. It was done in a classy way that both befits the character and shows that this is an aspect of himself that he's comfortable with. It's a part of his life and always has been. And it's casual for him in that regard. Yeah. And, you know, in real life, sometimes that's how it is. That's how we can come out. In some situations, yes, it can be a conversation that, okay, we need to sit down and have a conversation. But in some cases, it can just simply be, yeah, this is my girlfriend, not a friend or a sister. It's my girlfriend. Finished, you know? Or, yes, I'm attracted to men and women. Or anything of that sort. And I like that it was done in a very simple way. And as an outsider looking in on the LGBTQ community, I've seen a bunch of articles out there in the last 24 hours telling people that they shouldn't be celebrating this moment for whatever reason, for because it's too little too late or because some CW shows already have LGBTQ characters. And you know what? Fuck that. This is a big deal. And if Loki being revealed finally as queer meant the world to you, then you go right ahead and celebrate because nobody has the right to tell anyone else what should matter to them. Yeah. And I've been on Tumblr a fair amount over the last couple of days, and I've seen a lot of excitement for Loki being canonically queer. And I've also seen a lot of people saying, this is bullshit because it's just one line and it's easy to cut out and they're not making it as big a deal as it should be, or it's not enough representation and all of that. And you know what? Both sides have merit. But this got me thinking about me growing up. So I started questioning my sexuality when I was around 14, 15. That's when I had my first big crush. And I've said this before that I am living and I have grown up in a homophobic environment, in a homophobic country. And I knew instinctively at that time that I could not speak to anyone about this. And I knew that if I did, I was essentially ensuring that I would be ostracized and homeless. So I just kept quiet. I just lived in this sort of insular environment where I didn't know how to process what I was feeling or know anyone else who was like me. So when I started watching Buffy, this would come on regular television and I would generally watch a couple of episodes here and there. I wasn't really into the show religiously. But I did notice Willow and Tara. And I used to see that they had this fantastic chemistry and their body language and the way they used to look at each other. I always used to think, oh, okay, they seem to be hinting at some kind of relationship between the two of them. And 
season six or season seven, I can't remember which one, came along and Tara died and Willow went dark Willow and started killing everything and anything in front of her. And I remember thinking, what the hell? Like, yes, they were friends and they seemed to have this kind of attraction towards each other. But why would you go completely berserk over a friend dying like that? Not that it doesn't hurt for for your friend to die. Right. So I went onto forums and stuff and I started looking up about their friendship. And I realized that people were talking about scenes that I hadn't seen. And that's when I realized that things in my country were being censored. So I went onto torrenting sites and I downloaded the entire series and I watched it from start to finish. And that started my journey trying to find media that represented queer relationships. And that was hard enough. But if you put in wanting to find queer relationships that didn't end up being the butt of a joke or one of them being bad or dead, it was almost impossible to find anything. Now, we fast forward 20 or so years and we come to today. And we have one of the most popular characters in one of the most popular franchises in mainstream media and by far one of the most talked franchises in public consciousness to come out as bisexual. It's incredible. You know, it's, it's a pivotal moment for all of us. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not the kind of person who gets super excited and scream on the top of my lungs about something like this. Because I know how hard it has been to reach a point like this. But I am extremely happy. Not for myself, but I'm happy for the generations that have come after me that are at probably at this point struggling and wondering if there's something wrong with them or if they are inherently inferior or just wrong. To have this as representation, even if it's just one line, to have this positive representation, it's fantastic. I'm so happy that this is finally happening. Yeah. And we're going to see more of this representation in the MCU moving forward. That's the best part. Yeah. And yes, definitely mainstream media has moved forward a lot and we do have a fantastic representation in a lot of other shows and movies but that doesn't knock away from something like this all positive representation is good representation whether it's big or small and you know what i took away from this too is that oh my god this man has lived over 900 years both of them who knows how old she is but this character we've come to love has been around for over 900 years and he's never had a real relationship. That is heartbreaking. It is, but it's also kind of not surprising for me. No, it isn't. Yeah. But to hear it really spelled out like that, you know, Mm -hmm. that was rough. 
in order for him to have a real relationship, oh, yes. there has to it's be a certain friend. amount of We tell spooky stories and try to figure out what about yeah. them makes them yeah, so without scary. Without things, a healthy relationship is anecdotes, psychology, yeah. and sociology. And which is something that and maybe he struggles with legends, a lot. Ghost stories and other tales yeah, and it's understandable because this is relationships can be scary things. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. you are scary things, you might want to check out the Ladies Fright podcast. So we mentioned a couple fishy things earlier, but now things are going to start to get really murky. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of questions here for drunk Loki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somehow Sylvie manages to take a nap and yeah. she wakes up to Loki having a gala time. Yeah, so my first question is... What was Sylvie doing sleeping when she very clearly stated moments ago that she could never sleep in this place? And how long was she out for? We don't know, but it was a tiring day. You know, smashing people's faces in takes a toll. It does. So Loki is holding court, having the time of his life. And I must say, we're dipping another... Not just the toe this time. We're we're dipping a whole foot into the territory of who's the actor and who's the character again. <laughs> okay, question for you. Yes. By the time we reach this point in the F episode, how many cold showers did you need? <laughs> I was pretty okay through this part. It's that the biggest problem is that that last sequence of of destruction once we oh no ruin that jacket no (laughs) yeah so speaking of this jacket isn't it rather odd that loki decides to revert back to the variant uniform oh it's very odd he should be in a white tuxedo like something completely designer as ridiculously flamboyant as he could make it this is a yeah. man who loves his designer suits. He even said at the end of Ep 2, I'd have worn a suit. And also when Sylvie asks him what, ma- what makes a Loki, one of the things he said was style. Yes, always. So for him to be in that dumpy brown jacket makes no sense. And especially since he hates the TVA. Yeah, and he has variant emblazoned all over him. Yes, and also... Another. That's a very Thor move. That's an Asgardian move. Yeah. But is that potentially the influence of somebody who thinks that's how an Asgardian would act? Maybe. And also, why is he singing an Asgardian song? And how does that lady know the song to play for him on her string instrument? I'm not complaining about that one because that was just lovely. I could listen to him sing that song all day. Mm-hmm. 
And if anybody does want to hear Tom sing some more, you can download the album from the movie I Saw the Light when he played uh, Hank Williams back in 2015 or, you know, get it on YouTube. The band they gave him was called uh, Tom Hiddleston and the Saddle Spring Boys. He sounds great on lead vocals and guitar because why not? Why not? <laughs> it's getting ridiculous, Tom. Did he like just I have a feeling they were t they told him, you know what? Tom, we just need you to learn how to sing this one song. And I'll, I'll learn the whole language in my spare time. Why not? Why not? He probably spent his entire quarantine learning how to speak Norwegian fluently just so he could sing the song. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> just for funsies. Hey. Yeah, well, if he enjoys it, good for him. It was a nice song, though. Who's got the figgy port? <laughs> I don't know why I love that line so much. I watch too much Great British Baking Show. <laughs> so yeah, so quite a few questions over here. Things get a bit weird. And this makes me think that perhaps from this point onwards, everything in this episode is not real. Maybe it's an illusion. A dream. A dream. Maybe Loki is playing tricks on Sylvie to, you know, make her open up. Or maybe this is the enchantment that Sylvie did. It's just that Loki didn't realize it worked. This is her playing the game. Or maybe there was something in that champagne, too. To get Loki drunk? I don't know. Because she didn't drink it. No, she did not. She was quite mm -hmm. clear in that she didn't want any. And that could be chalked up to her wanting to stay clear-headed, too. Makes sense, yes. You know, I found myself thinking, too, during this episode, and this is what happens when you're in the middle of a Harry Potter rewatch when Loki starts, I was thinking to myself, enough with this enchantment. She just, she's doing it the hard way. She just needs a bottle of Veritas serum and everything will be fine. <laughs> and I have to remind myself, Whoops, wrong universe. And this is when me watching D&D &D comes into play because I was thinking, dude, you're wasting your spell slot. <laughs> so we get a great moment here of Loki thinking he's come up with something very profound here in this love speech. And, you know, it's getting mocked online as it was meant to kind of, but from Loki's perspective, that's the sad part, is he's not wrong. He calls love a weapon to be wielded far away or up close. You can see yourself in it. It's beautiful until it makes you bleed. Yeah, that's how it works sometimes. It shouldn't, but that is sometimes what happens. Yeah, and it also tells us about his mindset about love and also mm -hmm. explains why he hasn't had any serious relationships because it, that is the kind of attitude he has towards love yes it's a weapon to be wield that isn't conducive to a healthy relationship so sylvie's freaking out because she's like you know you're a little conspicuous up there yeah and we see this guy go get the smurfs <laughs> i'm glad they're not giving it given any official titles so we can continue calling them smurfs and it's fine yeah it's fine and we have a bit of a bar brawl. Yeah, and again, this choreography is great. I don't know who this stunt coordinator is, but hats off to them. Yeah, fantastically done. 
And Sylvie using her crown as a weapon is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. She, again, it goes to show she is a brawler. She will use whatever she has to get the upper hand. Yeah. She's a survivor. Yeah. And Loki thinks he's got everything under control, but as usual, he is mistaken. And uh, (laughs) gets thrown out of the train. Yes. This is very much like uh, that moment in Thor the Dark World when Thor throws him out of the ship. (laughs) Okay, you know what? This is a theory, and I'm very serious about this, all right? I'm listening. We know that so far Loki has died a bunch of times. Yeah. Right? But he's always come back. Yeah. And whenever we see Loki getting thrown out or pushed out or dropped from portals or whatever, he always lands on his belly. Right? Okay. I am convinced that Loki is a cat. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. My Tubelard always manages to somehow land on her feet. I don't know how. Exactly. Yeah. So he always ends up in the same position and he's died so many times. He's a cat. And yes, in the fall, oh, we've ruined the jacket. No. Oh no. <laughs> but that's the thing. When he fell, his jacket was fine. No, it wasn't. It had to go. It had to go. And ignoring my co-host, and while he's walking away, the jacket was gone. Maybe he was Sweaty, as he will soon be. Yes. Yes, he was just uh-huh. feeling warm. Whatever. Right. Whatever. The jacket needed to come off. Right. So you were a bit sweaty after the jacket came off. Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> and Sylvie's sweaty too, but for different reasons, because she's <laughs> tired of this shit. You asshole. You killed us. I think that I can't even decide. See, now I'm saying something else was my, my favorite line. This is just... It's perfect because he, nobody's ever talked to him like this. Except for Hunter B12. Wait, was it B12 or B15? You're thinking of Shit, vitamin need, B. Yes, I need the vitamin, clearly. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean like, yes, B15, put him in his place. But Sophie does not care what comes out of her mouth to him. And she's just kind of cruder about it. Like B15 would be much more like militaristic in her language yeah cold Mm -hmm. when there's clearly a hot temper here for her you asshole you killed us yeah and this is actually quite telling about the both of them really Mm -hmm. you'll never hear loki telling anyone you're an asshole he's much more likely to call you a witless oaf and also their accents are pretty different with loki we have a more upper class london accent Loki's accent actually tells us that the educational system on Asgard wasn't very good so that, you know, Odin and Frigga still had to send him to Eden. (laughs) Whereas Sylvie's accent is a more Cockney accent and it's more working class. It's the everyday average Joe sort of accent. And again, that tells us that she didn't have the kind of upbringing that Loki did. Now, we should mention, we talked about it last week, at the very end of episode two, Sylvie says four words to Loki, this isn't about you. But even though it was only four words, now that we've heard 
Sylvie's very thick Cockneyish British accent. It's quite clear that accent was not on those four words. This was deliberate and a little bit of a cheap trick there, Marvel, but we'll let it go. <laughs> and Sophia DiMartino is just absolutely fantastic here, just screaming. And her magic's coming through. It's a great moment. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if I was stuck in a situation like that, I would have screamed too. I'd be doing more than screaming, especially now. You know, this was the one scene where I was thrilled, you know, when we first uh, got that release of like uh, Loki's TVA file and it showed him as gender fluid. This is great. But this scene makes me wonder if this is true because only a man could say something as stupid as, did the scream make you feel better? <laughs> that is nine years of experience being married to a man talking. Mm-hmm. That, the look she gives him, man, that deserved a backhand. Yeah, I was surprised he was still sitting on that same mound as Well, he, yeah, he was. quickly saw by her face that it wasn't a wise thing to say. <laughs> So the reason Loki's killed them is because the Tempad is broken. Or at least appears to be broken. Right. Because magician. Mm-hmm. Could be another illusion. Or mm -hmm. maybe he thinks it's broken. Could be. Mm-hmm. This is basically a sci-fi episode of Friends. We don't know what they know we know. But do they know that we know that they know? Yeah, so without that tempad, they can't get through a time door and they're going to have to figure out how to get the hell off of this moon. Yes, so they decide to head to the Ark, knowing full well that the Ark never left. Yes, well, Loki does have a point here. It's never had us on it. They could potentially change history. Mm-hmm. So that's fair. And that would create another Nexus event. Eh, I don't want to put my physics cap on. Don't make me. <laughs> I don't like it. Or bear with me. Too many time travel shows. What if they end up in a time loop? Like in Doctor Strange? Like Doctor Strange. Doctor Who. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Legends of Tomorrow. I get it. Pick any. <laughs> Dealer's oh. choice. What if they have done this before and they failed? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Ooh. But regardless, they got to start heading towards that arc. And it's a bit of a walk. Right. And clearly Loki has never walked so much in his life. Poor boy. <laughs> yeah, she tells him. It's a good life. Yeah. <laughs> come, to, come to my world for a little bit yep he's experiencing it clearly not enjoying it and Loki asking her about the enchantment here how much of this I wonder is genuine curiosity versus knowledge so that he can potentially also teach himself I think it's a bit of both he's got part of it already because if we remember to Thor Ragnarok and it's like and yes, the events of that movie have not happened for this Loki, but it doesn't affect the powers that he has. So in Ragnarok, we saw him do that mind meld type thing with Valkyrie and see inside her head to Hela's invasion. 
So he has a certain amount of telepathic ability already. It probably wouldn't be too difficult for him to learn the other half, you know? Yeah, true. And also with Sylvie, this seems to be the only thing she knows how to do. Whereas with Loki, he has a more a wider menu, if you will, to choose yes, from. Yes, and we did forget to mention, we're seeing those blasts of magic from him now, too. Right. That was a really fun part of this episode, was the expansion of his powers. Finally. Mm-hmm. Although, is it really an expansion of his powers? Oh, just going to keep coming back to that, aren't we? What's real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell us, C20. <laughs> what is real? Is this real? Are we real? Well, one thing that's definitely real is that, as I had suspected, as you had suspected, I think, all of the TVA employees are variants. I didn't suspect that. No, I won't take credit for that. Okay, I could remember. Yeah, I had a Mm. feeling that's what it was going to turn out to be. Although, like I said earlier, not sure about Renslayer. Right. And Loki's reaction here when she tells him this is, they don't know that. Yeah. He's legitimately upset for these people he cares that and i also think that if they knew then they wouldn't behave the way they did so callously towards other variants exactly yeah a lot hits him in that moment and i think this is his path to allowing his humanity to come out i think he's got a tremendous capacity for empathy and compassion and i think it scares the hell out of him And this is his path to allowing that to come out more. Maybe. I guess we'll see what he does after he gets off this moon. And Sylvie, you know, at least partly growing up in the TVA, would explain how she knows this. Yeah, true. And they have a decision to make. Do we trust each other? And Loki decides we do, and we can. Yeah, so they start making their way through the crowd to get to the arc. Yeah. And again, Dodgeball version 2.0. Mm-hmm. Things don't go quite well. Oh, but speak, speak for yourself. Yes, yes. Yeah. But at one point, a building almost falls on them. Yes. But Loki is able to stop it and send it back. Now, it is entirely possible. Mm-hmm. That this is telekinesis. We've seen him use it before in Thor the Dark World. And this is just a way of showing us the full scope of his powers. Or that naughty little sausage nicked a time stone. Exactly. So back in episode one, we see those little paperweights. And, you know, no big deal. It's a paperweight. He could always just take one and keep it. But now... That he's out of the TVA, he's able to use it. Maybe. Yes, and I didn't realize, you thought I realized this the other day, and I hadn't. I was thinking of a different scene, and somebody had pointed this out to me on social media this morning. I was like, (gasps) I was a meme. (laughs) And you came so excited to tell me about it. I was like, well, yeah. How do you think I came up with the theory of him using a time stone in the first place? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, in my defense, I was distracted. Yeah, that's going to be your excuse for the rest of the series, isn't it? 
pretty much, you know, when my cat somehow fits her bulk on the windowsill and sees birds outside, she makes these like weird clicking noises with her mouth that she never makes at any other time. I feel like that was me yesterday in this scene. Went through a good deal of chapstick yesterday. I could watch this man run around all day. No problem. Wait, I don't get what does the chapstick have to do with oh. licking my lips. <laughs> I see. And again, in another show of humanity, Loki can't believe they're going to let all these people die. And yeah. this really reminded me again, Ragnarok, when he got all the Asgardians onto the ship to escape Surtur's destruction. Yes, he was their savior. Yes. Not yeah. the case here. No. He needs some saving himself at this point. Yes. Yeah, because they're truly well and fucked. Although, if he has the time stone, maybe not. We'll see, but the Ark is definitely destroyed, and Loki and Sylvie are just left standing there, looking hopeless amongst the rubble. Right. And that's the end of the episode. Killing us. We're just hanging off that rope. Yeah, that was that was quite the cliffhanger. I have absolutely no idea where this show is headed. Yeah, I don't know either. And we're halfway through the show. And what's really got my mind running is that Tom Hiddleston said himself in an interview, when he got to the episode four script, he was shocked at where it went. Mm -hmm. So what hope do the rest of us have? <laughs> what if they never get off this moon? What if we move on to another variant? Yeah, because we've seen some trailer moments. And yes, this is Marvel. Can't trust a Marvel trailer. But the, these things that we've seen in the trailers are too big to not be featured in somehow. We've still got to see President Loki somehow. Mm -hmm. We've still got to see that possibly King Loki in, in the palace at Asgard. Mm -hmm. And the avengers looking loki armored in the mirror saying glorious with weird hair maybe that's a scene cut from the first episode i don't know they've got us so off balance yeah or all of them could be an illusion maybe this episode was an illusion or an enchantment or a dream i could go for a dream right now yes yes you need another shower another cold yeah. shower yeah. Yes, yes. Give me a break. The most intimate touch I have known in the last three and a half months is feeling a wet snoot in my ear from the backseat of the car on the way to doggy daycare. <laughs> Baby numbers. <laughs> You've got to stop saying that with pride. It's not pride. <laughs> it's the I'm in pain and I want you to know how much pain I'm in. All right, so that about wraps up episode three. We will be racking our brains for the next week because there was just so much to dig into with this episode. And there's a few people, as always, that we would like to thank this week. Amy. Wait, I thought you were calling me. No, it's the shout out, silly. <laughs> I was like, I'm here, I'm here. I did not just yawn and unhinge my door. <laughs> Amy. Unlike certain other Amy's I know, I also want all the Loki variants. We can share. Sir Remy, based on what happened in this episode, do you still think we'll see old Loki 
or is Richard E. Grant a red herring? Katie, this episode left Sylvie and Loki in a pretty dark place. Do you think it will get darker still? At Nation JJ, do you think Miss Minutes will return to dodge more SWATs? And will she get more than a SWAT next time? At Lord underscore Hollowbeat and Julia, we feel your pain on waiting for each episode of Loki. It's tougher than the other shows were, though the specific reasons may vary on an individual basis. And that is all I shall say. Mm-hmm. Indeed. A big thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for our discussion of Loki episode four. Buckle up for this one, everybody. Put a helmet on if you got one. Yeah, and don't forget your ice packs. You're certainly going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, because we still got that moment with the, with the sword to deal with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if you have something uh, <laughs> you'd like to add or discuss with us, find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Marvel Madams. And for deeper dives you won't hear on the podcast, check out our blog at themarvelousmadams.com, where Infinity Stones are a girl's best friend. It was just one fucking obstacle after another. I think it's over. We're about halfway through. And what does the universe decide to throw me into my fucking cartoon life over here? Oh, let's just have a bunch of baby bunnies on the sidewalk. Really? Aw. That is so cute. No, don't awe me. You didn't have a yanking, jumping little monster trying to either eat them all or play with them all. I don't know which. At least tell me you took a picture. Did I take a picture? Do you think that was my priority at 4.30 in the morning (laughs) as this demon dog is trying to rip my arms out of their sockets and I'm dragging her down the sidewalk away from these fucking cartoon bunnies? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally pulled my phone out. Make sure I caught the moment. (laughs) Come on, it's a Kodak moment. (laughs) Are we still in 1992? Can you use your temp pad and get out of there, please? <laughs>